Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a family adventure featuring an epic journey across the jungle of the back garden. The film is a childhood favourite with memorable characters and exciting set pieces that make use of its premise. We are excited to revisit it and see just how well it holds up today. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. And I'm feeling a little bit small today. Why is that, Peter? I wasn't actually fishing for you to say anything, but I like that you 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 stepped in and thought he maybe wanted me to respond to that before he moves on. I better jump in. I better jump in. I, I wasn't. I was gonna leave you hanging. Yeah. This time. <laughs> um, to make up for the the other, you know, several dozen times that <laughs> you have left behind. <laughs> what i do this is a science fiction movie podcast we get together and we talk about a sci-fi movie uh, that is the show it's that simple and this episode we are tackling a vote winner over in patreon.com slash tv every month the the patrons at a certain tier and up get to uh, vote on you know a movie between a few options and the winner uh the, for less is actually last month because we were so behind on doing the other stuff that we had to put this off for a little bit but we are finally doing honey i shrunk the kids which won the family sci-fi vote. It was all like family and like, you know, uh, the young kid appropriate movies, uh, which we don't tend to skew towards, but just, you know, because inherently we're like, oh, we want to do cerebral sci-fi. We want to do, you know, dark horror sci-fi or, or stuff. So. I mean, I guess I've been wanting to do them. <laughs> okay. You sort of did them in the beginning and you're like, I don't like doing this. And, you know, folded your arms, but like Tara made me watch Rocket Man or whatever <laughs> that wasn't because that was a family movie that was just because it was a dumb movie <laughs> rocket man is great you shut your mouth it was me the robinsons i had some caveats over uh oh, I, that movie's sweet i was tricked into a an animated film <laughs> we'll do more animated films we will we what will talking about i had no complaints with doing wally but i, I you know I, I i i felt tricked with that one i didn't know it was animated <laughs> Yeah, like we had to do Meet the Robinsons, and I didn't know what it was. So I was like, okay, fine, we'll do Meet the Robinsons. And I'm like, Whatever, this, dude. this is some kitty animated shit. What is this? What have you yeah, got me like into? Stuff you watched when you were a kid. <laughs> I was like 18 when that movie came out. Anyway. So? <laughs> Anywho, uh, so yeah, How I Show the Kids is a movie that I did grow up with. It's a movie that I assume you grew up with as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the entire trilogy, in fact, I grew up with. So. Uh, Not me, although I'm a big fan of the second film. I don't think I've ever seen the third one. Yeah, no, I saw the third one. Maybe that's just because I've got a couple of years uh, on you, I mean, under you, whatever, whatever the phrase would be. <laughs> I believe I have a couple of years on you. But there you go. Also, I think it was a straight to like DVD release, so I don't think I ever had it. Yeah, yeah, it may have been straight to video, uh, the third one, but... Um, yeah, so, but obviously the first one was the one that tended to get the most praise and that's watched the most by many. I have seen another one that you haven't seen. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, which was an attraction at Disneyland. And I think other Disney parks had it as well. Oh, sure. Sure. That's like a 30-minute show, maybe less than that, like 20-minute show with, you know, uh, Rick Moranis and uh, the mother and the son are in it as well. And the dog. Yeah, I have heard of uh, the Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. 
All right, I'll let's see if I can top you. I watched the TV show. <laughs> That's I did not watch the TV show. Aha! <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yes, but we're here today to talk about the first movie. Now, do we do the the rest of the movies? We might. We might do them uh, maybe as bonus episodes on Patreon or. Uh, if, if there's enough of an outcry, people demanding that they get the sequels, <laughs> maybe we'll do them on the main episode. Maybe. But, I mean, the second one was a theater release. It was kind of a big movie. Big movie. Is that a pun? Yeah, you try to be <laughs> coy there, Tara. It was an accident. Uh huh. But I accept it. So was blowing up the kid and shrinking the kids for that matter. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, the premise of How I Shot the Kids, obviously we'll start spoiler-free in case you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled about the big things, but the main premise, of course, is kind of what the title says. Uh, Rick Moranis plays Wayne Selinski, who is a, a scientist, and inventor, who's trying to come up with a shrink ray, and he can't quite get it to work, but lo and behold, an accident means that it ends up working and shrinks not only his own two kids, but the neighbor's two kids as well. So we get, basically, it's an adventure going through the back garden because he, he he inadvertently sweeps them up into the trash takes them out and their trash is behind their their backyard and they cut themselves out of it and it's this it's just a journey back to the house from the the edge of the garden but because they're tiny they're you know they're less than an inch tall even less than that i think at one point uh 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 what's the kid's name uh nick nick at one point, he says they're about an inch, and I'm like, you're way smaller than an inch. I think it's a quarter of an inch. Okay. That's what they shrink to. I, I, could, buy, I could buy a quarter, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get the measuring tape out, but, <laughs> like, given how big they are compared to, like, like the magnifying glass and the, the the broom and things, like, it's like, nah, you're definitely less than an inch. So, like, you'd be way more noticeable an inch. You know, you notice yeah. an inch. You notice something that size. Sure. Uh, yeah. But they're, like, you know... <laughs> Teensy wincy, teensy wincy wincy. Yeah. I think that was actually the original title of the movie was like the teeny weenies or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into some of the background of the movie because there's some interesting names attached to this. Uh, oh, yeah. So we'll get into all that. <laughs> uh, but before we get to all that, uh, that, that's the general premise. Uh, so you've got Wayne and his wife uh, having, you know, slightly. And I say slightly troubled. It's troubled for a kids movie. They've got a slightly troubled marriage for a kids movie, and you've got the neighbors who really yeah, and you've got the neighbors who like he's like the sports jock type dad who wants his son to be a, a football player. Uh, so there's some comedy and how different they are from the Selinskis because they're like super weird and like you know uh, likable but nerdy and whatever. Uh, well, Wayne is. I mean, the wife's just kind of normal, but you know she's married to him, so inherently she gets lumped. Extra him. normal, actually, yeah. I would say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, that is the that is the the basic premise. Uh, we've both rewatched it. I presume for the first time in a while. Uh, yeah. With this, so uh, how did it hold up for you, Tara? Excellent. I love this movie. It's so fun. Such a cool premise. Um, I definitely enjoyed watching it as a grown up this time because. I think the last time I watched it was like even b- before like puberty. So like, <laughs> I really only identified with like Nick <laughs> in the movie before, and now like I I have many more different experiences, and I actually was uh, I really enjoyed the um, the relationship between the adults in the movie a lot more than I expected to, because other than Wayne Selinski, it's always like get to the kids stuff, you know. Yeah, but not this time. I actually really enjoyed the 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 rivalry of the of the two families and stuff. 
it's kind of what really makes it a family movie as opposed to just a kids movie is the mm-hmm. the other stuff actually works quite well as for, for the adults like in the way that they're you know playing off of each other and like you know them thinking wayne's weird because they see him doing weird stuff and we know why he's doing it so like we, we understand mm-hmm. but it does look really goofy and silly and and stuff yeah i enjoyed it as well like it's something that i liked a lot growing up i watched that a ton as a kid and the sequels uh i mean i watched the second one a lot because i liked that and then the third one came later so i only saw that a few times maybe but um i don't think it was as good as the first two and the second one's not as good as the first one like i mean i remember really enjoying the second one because I, I, I was a bit older yeah so sure. i i did as well but like i've got a funny feeling that it's not going to be as good as a movie if we watch it now versus the first one yeah. uh for, for a variety of reasons the, yeah it's a very different type of movie right because this movie you have the whole you know jungle of the the life of the small versus you know the the sequel it's about a baby that's like 40 feet tall yes yeah, it's, it's basically a kaiju <laughs> it's a kaiju movie basically yeah, it's a monster film yeah, <laughs> with a baby um so yeah no it's, it's a lot of fun i enjoyed um a lot of the performances like i feel like one of the things that hurts a lot of modern movies that focus on kids is that i find modern kid characters maybe the actors are fault here nowadays maybe they don't find good kid actors anymore maybe they're just written differently than they used to be but i actually enjoyed all the kids in this movie and i especially thought uh you know they had the nice difference between them all but i liked how they all like came to the like how, how they all portrayed the characters like a uh, little rush is the little brother of the neighbors right so no 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 little rush is the, the older brother sorry uh, the younger yeah. brother is uh, Tommy. I actually forgot. Tommy, okay. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So he's like the snot one who's like, you know, he's he, he calls Nick a nerd. Uh, he's the, probably the most immature of the bunch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, even he's kind of likable in the way he bounces off people and sort of like, you know. Oh, totally. I loved him in this in yeah. the movie this time. Uh, <laughs> he I might th- have been the standout for me, actually. Yeah, I thought Amy was really good as well, actually. I thought, like, she, like... As the movie progresses, she has a couple of good moments where she starts sort of fighting back with uh, Tommy, and like mm-hmm. just like the the shitty eating grin in her face as she does certain things as she's starting to like fight, like fight back. Uh, I thought was really amusing. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought there was a lot of good stuff there. If anything, it's probably a little Russ, who I actually I like his character and kind of like the way he plays off his father and stuff. And I think there's a good sort of reason for him. But he's totally. probably the most bland one, and he's meant to be just the the more normal kid who probably has the crush on the the alert girl right you know on the teen girl so he's kind of the most yeah. normal plain one in a sense i probably felt that way when i was a kid watching yeah. it too but yeah i thought tommy and nick were like the standouts and uh, amy yeah you're right amy was really good in this too uh i, I definitely enjoyed watching um her stuff you know as a a, a woman who went through puberty and, and like understood this movie a bit more from her perspective versus like when i watched it when i was a kid mm. and like boys were gross yeah she's got like a few teen girly tropes but they're not like super heavy you know like she wants to go to the yeah. mall and meet a boy but it's this never like so heavily focused on that it feels like it's you know oh she's a super you know archetype of a character it's it's like it's just enough that it feels like a believable amount for, no she still yeah. feels more like a big sister than anything else in the in the movie yeah so no uh that's good and then the adults are great um i don't think i ever realized that matt frewer played the neighbor because i know him as like a bald guy from later things because he's like he's got a completely shaven head now and he's popped up in different things but he's really good in this yeah. He's, he's got like a bunch of there's a few moments actually because this is before jim carrey became big and there's a few moments in this where he talks really quick it's, it's, it's a speech he gives to russ 
about uh playing football where he just talks really fast and it sounds like jim carrey it sounds like he's doing a jim carrey bit where jim carrey would talk really fast uh this is about the time of jim carrey like coming into the scene yeah not on the rise yet but like yeah, he definitely existed, but this was like before Ace yeah. Ventura. It was before like his movies kind of shot him into the stratosphere, you know. Like mm-hmm. I think he he'd already popped up at this point. I think maybe it was the same he year. Might have been in like uh, in Living Color at this point. Yeah, I think this is the same year the Deadpool came out, which is the the last uh, Dirty Harry movie. I think he's in that, and that was like one of his first movie roles. So, mm. but he's not he's not funny in that. He's like a goth rock musician or something stupid. Like he's not <laughs> weird yeah so he's not jim carrey in that movie you know he's just like a like a dude uh but so it's just kind of funny the the timing i was getting some sort of impressions uh from 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 him and that uh but he's really funny uh his wife's played by christine sullivan who of course played joy summers on the hit television show buffa the vampire slayer so there's some because uh, i thought she was somebody else yeah <laughs> uh, yeah there's some pre-buffy relative this is also a little bit of twin peaks royalty which Again, it was right around the time that was happening. Because uh, this is 1989, and I think Twin Peaks... Maybe it debuted in 1990, maybe I've been just slightly later. But it's you know, it around the same time. Uh, but uh, Lucy from Twin Peaks is... She's not a big role, but she's the wife of like, the guy who's going to go tr- on the trip with uh, Big Russ. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they only have one scene where they pull up in the camper. And then Russ has to say, oh, sorry, we can't go. Uh, yeah, I want to say she's like a comedic actress. I, I, she's definitely been in something oh, else yeah. that I've seen. She's definitely been in all stuff, but like, that's the main thing I know her from is, is Twin Peaks. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a few noble faces. Uh, obviously, Rick Moranis. Uh, been in a bunch of stuff. I, I, I suppose most people probably know him otherwise from Ghostbusters if they don't know him from this. Spaceballs. Dark yeah. Helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen Spaceballs. I, I, can't, I can't comment so weird <laughs> Look, I suppose it's so part of the zeitgeist it makes fun of a movie that you like well you like star wars but Look, you also like making fun of it once we've done the star wars movies we can do space balls come on, we can just start with space balls you've seen all the star wars movies and you're never going to want to start them no we have to do them at some point I, I i fully acknowledge we have to work through all the star wars movies at some point on the show i accept that and I'm not saying we have to do all of them, but we have to do the original trilogy before we do Spaceballs, because that's presumably when it was making fun of them. Well, you could still watch it at any time. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't hold movies hostage just because we have a sci-fi show. I'll, I'll wait until it's for the show. I, I'm, not, I'm in no rush. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Like, maybe I'll like it. I'll, I might be into it. I don't know. There's so many good quotes in that movie. We could share on the show. <laughs> like, like, if it, if it's half as good as the first Naked Gun movie, I'll be happy with it. Okay, but you know, it's, that's a lot to live up to, right? Planet of the Apes references in it. I mean, it doesn't just make fun of Star Wars. Oh, I'm sure. Like all those sort of spoofs, they they have like a central thing they're making fun of, but they'll still splinter off and do other things yeah. as well as they go on. But this is when they were good. Oh, I know. Yeah, they got really bad, obviously, in the 2000s. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, all the all the cast are really good. Um, it's, yeah, it made me kind of sad to, like, because there's no reason, like, because I've definitely, when I've been older, maybe not recently, but I, I definitely tried some more, like, kid-focused movies that I thought might appeal to me because I liked stuff like this when I was younger. Like, I remember watching a movie called Aliens in the Attic when it came out. 
mm-hmm. not in the theater, but when it came, you know, when it came out at home, I was like, oh yeah, th- that seems like the sort of fun kids movie I would like, you know, because I liked this sort of stuff when I was a kid. And I remember just not really getting it from it. I was just kind of, I don't know, is this because I'm old? And I don't think it is, because I think this still works. I think it's just the 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 techniques and the way they write kid characters and the way they write movies for kids and families have just it's just changed a bit i think over the few decades and sadly i just don't think it's the same anymore well i mean i think a lot of things have gotten better though i mean especially in the animated world i mean we got pixar oh sure you like the how to train your dragon films a lot you know there's still like a lot of good family movies that i think have improved over the last few decades but I don't think we get a lot of this type of, you know, um, practical effect stuff. Or maybe yeah. we just, you know, we don't have kids, so we don't, we're not exposed to it. You know, there are some people who really like the made-for-TV, like Disney Channel stuff from, I want to say, like the early 2000s that we were probably too old for or didn't just have the channel that I think a lot of people really like. But yeah, this kind of reminds me of just... Uh, I mean, I, I think I like this one the best out of, like, the kid adventure films. Like, I like this more than Goonies. You may disagree, but... Uh, I, I disagree I, with that. I think Goonies is a better film, but... I think this one's more fun. <laughs> I also like that this movie is kind of like a, a horror film. Like, it doesn't shy away from putting the kids in real danger. And, like, you know, any anything could kill them. I mean... There's a scene later on in this movie that might be the worst death possible to, <laughs> to anyone, but um, you know, it, it, it's still a kids' movie, so things are go okay. But like, um, it is a very like scary film for a kid, I think. Oh no, hon. By the way, I, correction: the younger brother's name Ron. Ron. Steve is the grass car. Yeah, but who's Tom? You said his name was Tommy. Hi, Tommy. Tommy's the grass car. You said Steve. <laughs> Who's Steve then? Well, I wasn't saying Steve earlier. Steve, I just said there. I know Steve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said his name was Tommy earlier. Tommy's the grass cutter. The little brother from next door is Ron. Okay. That sounds... Yeah, that sounds more right. Yeah. For whatever reason, his name just didn't stick. I, I watched the movie twice this week because we delayed the recording and his movie, his name just never stuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, With weird. me neither. I watched this movie so much when I was a kid. <clears throat> Definitely wore out the VHS. Yeah. Whereas Amy's name sticks out because Nick's constantly saying Amy. Like... Yeah, and she's constantly yelling Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Russ because Big Russ, Little Russ. Yeah, they're, they're constantly saying... Even just the stuff near the start where he's like... Russ, you ready for Russ? You're fishing, Russ. Yeah, yeah, you ready? <laughs> like he's, he's, just, he's constantly saying his name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, uh, so, no, all, yeah. No, I, I love it as an adventure movie. I do like that it kind of takes this idea of, like, what are all these normal things that are not a threat normally but are because you're tiny and sort of plays with that. How, yeah. oh, this looks like a river. It's probably just some dog piss, but it looks like a river when you're that size. <laughs> right you know yeah. just simple little ideas like that i i appreciate if if any i was gonna say if anything the only thing that uh is a little disappointing to me is and this is just because you know the opening uh, title sequence is this, this a cartoon title sequence where it shows you know the cartoon kids like in all these situations 
is that that shows a lot of stuff inside the house and i was i think i've always been a little disappointed that there wasn't a little bit more antics of like them dealing with like the living room and you know it's just other locations in the house um in dealing with that which is funny enough i think what actually the third movie mostly does because it's not the kids it's like the adults yeah because, yeah they don't want to do the same thing twice and you don't have to because like you said like anything becomes like a jungle or <laughs> this everything is a threat no matter where they are yeah the plot so if you're inside a house you have to worry about footsteps yeah or... yeah the, the plot of the third one from what i remember is obviously they shrink themselves it's you know it's wayne diane and like another couple of adults who they know <laughs> get shrunk and it's actually like their teenage daughter uh who i think was the baby in the second one i think that's what they were going for uh she's like she throws like a party with some friends because the house is empty so they're trying to like get the teenagers to notice them whilst they're all you know faffing about being idiot kids like so mm. that's that's the premise if i recall uh a little bit dodgy because i believe it started on allison mack who we don't like to talk about anymore because she did a lot of heinous things uh oh. yeah oh, did you hear about this you know what i'm talking about is she the nixium one uh explain what that is <laughs> Nixium is the sex cult? Yes, yes. I just didn't remember the name of the cult. Yes. The, the, this is the genital branding sex cult. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, so. Look forward to that, honey. <laughs> we shrunk ourselves. <laughs> uh, we'll elaborate. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, good cast, good adventure, practical effects. There's obviously a couple of fun kind of optical effects as well that are kind of old school because this was right before CG started to really... Mm -hmm. kind of start you know i mean it was in the abyss already but or the same year but obviously there's a lot more stop motion in yeah. than cgi yeah i don't even know if there's any i mean there's technically some cgi but nothing we would think of is like you know proper cgi where you're doing like creatures or or anything yeah. you know they've, they've built these sets that are like you know giant grass leaves or um it's so cool the, the one thing i can think of is uh when disney california adventure opened they had a Bugs Life land, which mm. you can walk around and you're like the size of an insect in the land. So like they do have the giant blades of grass and flowers and mushrooms. And, um, you know, it does kind of it is a cool feeling, you know, or even now it's been replaced with uh, Avengers Campus and they have like um, Pim's section. So like um, Professor Pim from uh, Ant-Man Ant is there or... Like, his creations are there, so, like, uh, there's a whole restaurant with, like, really large things, so, like, a ketchup and mustard station is uh, just oversized. <laughs> if you look up, you'll see, like, they're coming from a giant ketchup and mustard, uh, like, regular size dispenser on a, any kind of um, cafe table. Or, like, the drinking fountains, if you look up, it's just a bunch of opened cans with hoses coming out of them, and they're all giant and stuff. So... It kind of puts you in that world still. It is just a cool feeling. Yeah. So, no, it's a good fun time. Um, I, what was what actually stuck out to me about the music? Uh, is it's a really good upbeat kind of like you know, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not jazzy, but it's it's got like a lot of uh, like horns and like uh like trumpets in it, and it's kind of got this uh upbeat vibe to it. Um, what's funny about it is that it was making me think, and th th this came out later, so I'm sure, if anything, this other movie ripped this off in terms of score, but the main theme was re really reminding me of the main theme from the Super Mario Brothers movie, because that has a very similar kind of uh, vibe. 
when they're when they're driving about Brooklyn and this like kind of I don't know like happy horn is playing is <laughs> the, the driving I don't know it was it was making me think of that. Uh, you mentioned it kind of like you know veering into sort of slight horror at points, and that's probably a good time to pick up who talk about who was going to direct this originally. I know this this is well. I only found out this recently uh, from Tim uh, of all people. Uh, but uh, I saw it in the opening credits because you know they're so cool, so I watched them this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're still listed as producers. Uh, but um, Stuart Gordon of Reanimator and like other movies of that type was going to direct this and left the movie. But him and Brian Yuzna, who is his longtime producer, are still listed in the credits as executive producers or whatever. So and story by and story by yeah. And I think what's funny knowing that is that if you've seen Reanimator and some of their other films. I think you can kind of see their sense of horror and humor kind of still still in this. I mean, it's obviously more family-friendly in this. Yeah. But I could easily see how the guys who wrote Reanimator wrote this and how it kind of became this more... Because it really is a family-friendly Stuart Gordon movie in a lot of ways, except it's not directed by him. Yeah. It's directed by... I would by... love to see, like, the original screenplay for this. Oh, yeah, see how much darker <laughs> I'd be it is. I'm so curious. Yeah, see how, like... How it got Disney-fied, you know, for for this version of the film. But I'd be so curious because there's a lot that just feels like, yeah, I mean, it's mad scientists, but for kids, you know? Yeah. Or maybe it was always meant to be kids. Maybe because it was at Disney, uh, you know, when they were still wanting to work on it. So I wonder mm-hmm. if maybe they were just, they were applying their own skills to a family movie. And I can still see how it is that. Like, it is just them taking what they do I, and applying it to, to this. It um, someone wrote an article when Stuart Gordon passed away about how, uh, like, uh, he, there apparently there was a scene cut out of the of the screenplay where he wanted to have a bunch of severed heads at one point. I don't know how that fits in. But, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it was going to be darker. And also, like, the reason he didn't do it was because he got really ill. Uh, yeah. Tim told me he left because he was... He was like upset about the title change because he wanted uh he wanted the previous title he, he didn't want ice honey actually on the kids like teensy weensies or something yeah some <laughs> of that uh which is a bit silly because i actually do think honey i Shrunk the kids is a better title it's a great title yeah <laughs> it's, it's, i mean we grew up with it so maybe we're just like that is the title and it yeah, has but it, to be that but it's far more it sticks out more it's far more memorable it tells you what you're dealing with too i mean teeny weeny like it could be you know like Indian in the cupboard or something lame, you know. <laughs> like, well, Tiny Weeding still sounds alright. It still, it still fits I don't even the know movie. If that's it. It's something like that, yeah. but I don't know what that is. <laughs> but Honey Ashton Kids just sticks out more because it's got a more of a sense of humor to it. It, 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 t- it takes you on a bit of a journey in the title mm-hmm. on, on its own. Uh, but I, I can totally see when I watch this how this is a kid version of a Stuart Garden movie and how some of the some of the set pieces they encounter could have been a little bit darker or how you do slightly more over-the-top things with it uh, and uh, you know obviously part of me is like i kind of wish i'd seen the Stuart garden version as well as a oh, fan yeah, absolutely but at the same time i'm still glad this exists as it does because this is actually still a very good example of the type of movie that it's trying to be mm-hmm. uh and you know i did love this as a kid you know i thought this was a blast when i was growing up but it still holds up pretty well now so i could see you could put um herbert west in the role of Zelensky. <laughs> <laughs> just replace them like this is Herbert West's family. <laughs> I think if Stuart Gordon still directed it, I would believe that one of the kids may have died. <laughs> Actually, that that is something that I read in the trivia was that originally it was going to have five kids and one of them died. 
Yeah, probably made the right choice. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is way more family friendly. There's still a death in this, and it is devastating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, um, obviously the, the sets, the, the the playfulness of having these giant versions of things for the for them to play off of uh, is super fun. I particularly like uh, the through line once Wayne realizes relatively early on what's happened and that there's probably somewhere in the garden. Um, his, like, attempts to not step on the grass because he might mm-hmm. step on them, even though they could just as easily be on, like, anything else as well. Like, he th- I mean, yeah, it's a good chance they're in, in the in the grass, but, like, you know, what, for all you know, they've already made it to the, you know, to the, the, the step, and you, you're stepping on that, like, you know? Yeah, it does seem pretty unlikely. Yeah. Because that is a long way for them to travel. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's moments later on, though, where he's, like, He's like he's looking for them and he's sort of going through the grass, but he's also putting his elbows down as he does it. And I'm like, your elbows, dude, <laughs> like they could be there. The mom also like makes some really crucial mistakes in this. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I lo- I love the idea that it, like half of the, the the plot turns into a game of lava, but not because it'll hurt them, but because they might step on their children and kill them. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's kind of a fun a fun idea. So. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. So I guess we'll give the spoiler warning so we can start talking about specifics and moments and scenes and and working our way up to some of the the, the jokes and whatnot. Uh, so full spoilers for Honey I Shrunk the Kids from this point forth. Uh, so for some reason, like there's just like certain things that always stick out in your memory, and I always remember um two things about the opening of this movie. I remember the dog Quark. Who, funnily enough, uh, I'd forgotten the dog's name was Quark, and obviously I'm watching Deep Space Nine, so I, I got a chuckle out of that. Uh, <laughs> but he's got his own like sort of a uh, dog food dispenser that you can activate because Wayne has invented it. Uh, and the other thing is just how badly Amy burns the breakfast. That is just something that's ingrained into my head. Is her like putting the black toast, and like Nick just being like, eh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, "I'm on a diet." <laughs> <laughs> the thing i always remember is just the neighbor dad like he really was a standout when i was young oh I sure i was afraid of him yeah he was just so intense you know yeah one of the distinct memories i always had of him was the the feather or whatever it is stuck to his head uh yeah. or his finger at one point because he's like getting his fish and stuff ready yeah uh yeah i always remember that and just those kinds of antics but it's one of those movies where i saw it so much as a kid that all of it comes flooding back as i'm watching it you know like like, i'm I'm just remembering things right as they're happening or right before they happen Mm -hmm. and and getting thrills out of all these moments what i never noticed as a a kid or didn't remember at least was uh when amy shouts up that breakfast is in you know is here it's ready he'll come down and he's still working on the machine he's like developed like a device where he can send little telegrams down and he yeah. ty- he types out be there in five minutes, but he completely typos it, and I'm like I don't remember like that uh, <laughs> that joke. Yeah, yeah, he's developed some sort of uh, paging system, but it's just in the house, like an intercom system you would have. Yeah, here's a question, right? See if this movie was made today, and they got shrunk, and obviously their clothes get shrunk, so everything that they've got on them shrinks as well. If she had a cell phone, would it still work? I don't know. <laughs> it's an interesting question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say for the sake of... Uh, the plot? <laughs> the plot, no. Yeah, that's probably right. Or it'll get stepped on or something. Yeah. 
very possibly uh i think the argument would be that all the, the parts inside work because they're a certain size so all the tiny pieces becoming smaller would probably render it, it inoperable would, it would be cool if like they do have a plot of trying to get to the phone just so they can communicate with their parents and like trying to unlock it with like facial recognition when they're so small or something. Or even if it's not unlocked, the idea that like, the touchscreen doesn't render them, so they have to all take their shoes off and all jump on a on the screen to get it to register <laughs> that's been pressed. Yeah, see, this could work. Because they're too light, you know. So, so one of them just going that with their hand isn't enough. They have to all at the same time jump on it with their feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe their voices are also too small or too too quiet for the phone to pick it up. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe a, a computer keyboard would be better because I, I could buy that they could jump on those keys. It'd take a long time to type something out because they'd have to go one by one. But <laughs> they probably would have to all climb it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like maybe have someone there at the space key, assuming they're heavy enough, which they might not be. But yeah, it could work. You know, now there's Roombas and stuff. You have to be afraid of. Aye, but that's also if you get on top of the room, but that's a that's a vehicle. <laughs> you gotta lasso it. <laughs> it's, yeah, look. I I did see when I looked up the director and I clicked on like upcoming projects and it does say have a listing for Shrunk, which is with uh, Rick Moranis and Josh Gad as oh, older Nick. Yeah, I think it's uh for Disney Plus. I think they're doing a Disney Plus thing. So yeah, Joe Johnston. Oh, really? Yeah, Joe Johnston actually is the one who directed this, and he's actually pretty well known because he went on to do. Uh, the Rocketeer, he mm -hmm. did, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, the first Jumanji, he did Jurassic Park 3, uh, and then eventually the first Captain America, which, you know, I'm not particularly fond of. He also did that awful Wolfman movie in 2010, so, you know, he's, he's got some stinkers in him. Yeah, I didn't really like that movie either. Uh, I don't mind Captain America, I think it's a fine film, but... This is as far as the pantheon of the Marvel movies. I, I, I realize there's a contingency that I'm about to upset because Rocketeer does have a fan base, but I'm going to say it. This is his best movie. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is Joe Johnson's so best too. movie. I, I mean, I, I have memories of the Rocketeer, and but I also have memories of going. That's kind of boring. And I don't want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very very hit and miss. But yeah, Shrunk is yeah. I remember them announcing this. So yeah, we are getting a new thing in the franchise uh, it's pretty crazy to have rick moranis because you know i mean he does do um animated stuff he does voiceover work so he still you know technically works but you don't really see his face very oh much. yeah he retired from on-screen acting like ages like, like decades at this point yeah so it has a big deal yeah I, I have to imagine disney got a dump truck full of money and like put it up to his, his front door and said come back for one honey i want the kids project it, please it might have been, i wonder if it was when he like because, you know, his wife died when she was real young of mm. breast cancer. And I wonder if he just, like, just didn't want to do very much after that. Yeah, or, maybe. Or, like, just yeah. raise kids, you know, and not be away because they had kids. So, yeah, I, like, I, I'm a single dad now. i got to be with them. I wonder if he did just a couple of last projects just to make a bit of cash. And then, like, that's me. I'm done. I'll just do some voiceover stuff now and, you know, spend yeah. time with the kids. Yeah. Uh, very possibly. Yeah, I don't even know what he looks like now. Like, yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. He's he's aged like twenty years since the last time any of the song. He was in a commercial. Oh, was he? Okay. Uh, yeah, I want to say for like a Super Bowl commercial, um, just a few years ago. Yeah. Well, I have no idea what he looks like though. So, uh, yeah. I, I, he looks like what you would imagine. Like he looks like the same but sure. older. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wasn't expecting like a huge surprise or end, but yeah, it wasn't like shocking or anything, you know. Like, oh, it's good to see him, and he looks like you know, like you would expect. Yeah. So 
No, it's, uh... That's, uh, good stuff. Um... So, yeah. Um... Anyway, where are so, we? Yeah, I guess we gotta do the franchise, right? Because there's a oh. new movie coming out. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. I guess we'll do that for the <laughs> franchise. Uh, so, oh, whatever. It's not going to be difficult. <laughs> I mean, they're easy watches. This was like... I mean, they're all like 90 minutes long, which is, you know... So some of the movies we watch are like two and a half hours, depending on what they are. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, some of the setup stuff is the uh, that Ron you know hits the baseball into the the attic window, which you know activates the machine. And uh, Russ, and one of the other things I remember actually is Amy dancing with the mop. That was a, a distinct visual memory I just always had of this. Uh, and like Russ looking through the window, being like, "Oh, Russ's um, bloody lip." I remember also as a kid. Oh sure, yeah, he's got that, that for a long stuck time. With me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's sort of like looking through the window like, oh, oh, Amy Solinsky. Oh. oh. And then, then Hormones. And then Big Russ is walking <laughs> behind and he, he he doesn't look at his son first. He looks in at the window and sees her. He's like, what a weird family. And then he looks at his son staring and goes, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not a Solinsky. No, no, son. Please, no. <laughs> yeah. I definitely relate more to the Zelensky family than I do the the macho sports oh, sure. fishing yeah. family. <laughs> My family was never into that kind of stuff. I had nerds for parents. Oh, sure. And the, you know, there is some uh, arc stuff here. Uh, you know, at the start of the film, like, Nick really wants to show his dad that he's built a miniature version of the, the shrink ray. Mm-hmm. And he's not really got time for him because he's too busy. He's like preparing for this presentation about it. And he kind of fobs him off and Nick feels a little bit ignored. Uh, and you know there's a bit of you know the the full circle of that is at the end it's Nick who figures out how it ended up working because he can't get it to work again at the end because he never got it working he doesn't understand how it worked and every time he tries to use it he blows up apples and stuff Uh, in fact one of my favourite jokes in this is actually probably the darkest joke in it it's towards the end where um, or yeah it's just when they finally tell the neighbours that the kids have been shrunk and they're explaining this to them. He's like, how do you know for sure this happened? How do we know he didn't just blow them up? He's like, well, because if that happened, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. And (laughs) he's being honest because that's what happened to the apple. And I I thought that was a really funny joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, honestly, like all the adult scenes, I looked forward to even more than the kid scenes. Even even though the the kid scenes are like where all this stuff happens. I just really enjoyed the interaction of the of the adults together in this movie a lot more this time. Oh, yeah. Like, Russie's thing where... Like, so there's a, there's a point in the movie where their kids have been missing for a little while, and it escalates naturally where it's like, oh, where are they kids? It's been a couple hours since we've seen them, and, like, D- Diane says, oh, ours are missing too, and they're like, oh, you, if you see them, yeah, yeah, so, right, but there's a point where they've been missing for a number of hours, and Russie's friend with the camper comes up, and it's like, this is time to go f- to the fishing trip, and Russ is, like, buying his head, and he's like, oh, $80 deposit on the line, blah, blah, uh, and he's like, well, what am I going to tell them? And his wife, Joyce, is like, the kids are missing. That's a pretty yeah, fair thing. The truth. And he's like, something they'll understand. And he's like, what kind of excuse is that? So he comes out and goes, oh, the wife is sick. She's not feeling too good. You know, early menopause or something. She's not doing very well. <laughs> and I'm like, stuff. Whoa, 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 what is this? Your kids are missing. They will understand. <laughs> yeah, he's got some weird pride thing that he can't quite get over. It's... it's it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> and, and of course, uh, yeah, we should probably mention as well, like, one of the things that they talk about early on when he's talking about Little Russ is that Little Russ has is, is, uh, been 
cut from the football team. We later find out he chose to quit rather than be cut. But they're talking about him being too small for football. And obviously it's a bit wink-wink because he's going to shrink, right? The whole movie's about kids getting really small. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just, I, I, you, know, you have to mention the foreshadowing a little bit with that. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple of other lines with some of the other characters about feeling small or, you know. Uh, something uh, Ron says when... Oh, he says it when they're already small to yeah. to Amy. Um, I can't quite remember, but I made note of it because in my brain, like, remember this, Tara, because this is foreshadowed. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, it's it's when uh, it's when Russ is saying about uh, him being too small. He's he's not too small for small small for football. Uh, his wife goes, when you say things like that, and he hears it, it makes him feel this small. You know, she does like a really specific mm-hmm. on the nose, like, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> very good movie, very good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but all of his antics, like when he's getting mad at the police when they eventually call the police to report the missing kids, and he feels mm-hmm. like, wait, are you judging me? What's the uh-huhs? Are you attacking me? Are you saying that this is our fault? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what, you know, uh, he's very entertaining in how uh, aggressive he be, you know, in a, in a fun way, you know, he's... Right, yeah, he's yeah. Very comical. He just has a lot of masculine pride. Yes. Uh, although none of it's... You know, none of it's aged badly. Like, you know, like, I think there's a risk I don't when you think so, no. when you watch like a masculine character like this, you kind of expect them to say something that maybe hasn't aged in thirty years that well. But I don't think it ever crossed any lines. It was all very no. It was it was still very much the classic, almost cliche of my son needs to be me but better. Like, yeah, this is what I remember about being a boy, about being great at being in high school, and if he's just like me, then he could be better. You know. And it was something for him to have a bit of an arc over, so you know, by the end he'll accept these kids for who they are, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But or you know, just what's yeah, what what's more important? You know? And and I would have forgiven it, like you know, a movie from nineteen eighty nine. I would have forgiven it if he said something slightly dodgy once or twice. You know, I would have been like, yeah, whatever. Like I I get it, different time, but there there isn't actually really that comes yeah. up. Yeah, nothing I noticed certainly. Um, so, no, oh, that's that's fine. Uh, but uh. He's like, those kids are grounded. My $80 deposit is gone. Um, that's a lot of money. A lot of dough, especially in 1989. In 1989, it's a lot. You know, like, so sometimes I get a little depressed when they, they, they complain about the price of something and it sounds so cheap, <laughs> like, oh, by yeah, today's like standards. Oh, Twilight Zone. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, 10 cents for this. And I'm like, that's like $3 though. <laughs> Oh, inflation. Right, he, Pulp Fiction's the worst of it. With John Travolta's like five dollar milkshake, and I'm like, oh my, like every, like that's like the cheapest milkshake you could probably get in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like going on about this five dollar milkshake, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yep. How it times even that long ago? Yeah. How times have changed. Uh, uh, well, we're in the middle of an inflation crisis right now, so I mean things are all skyrocketing. Um, yes, sir. Uh, so yeah, so big big Russ is one of the standouts for sure. Um, I think big Russ and Ron, I think, were my favorites watching it this time. Sure, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think uh, the Selenskys, in comparison, the adults specifically, I'm just going to stick with here. Um, what I liked about them is I kind of, I actually kind of felt uh, like because it's like okay, mom and dad had a fight last night, and we hear about this, and she's not coming home till after work, and she she's like a a real estate agent, she's selling houses, whatever. And she comes in, and there's a bit early on when he's like saying goodbye to them when he's leaving the, the to the kids, he's like, "All right, make sure you mow the lawn." And oh, Amy, get this place spick and span. And he looks around and goes, "Good luck," good luck. because it looks like a you know a complete mess. 
Well, uh, you see her cooking earlier, and she's just like throwing eggs by over her shoulder. Yeah, it, it's very clear that she's. This is the first time she's done this because mum's not there, and th- yeah. that's why she's making an absolute mess of it. Uh, even the dog's not wanting her cooking. Um, but <laughs> she, she, but I think what I liked about this is that when when she come, when Diane comes home, right, and Wayne has a line where he's like. Yeah, we wanted to make things nice for you, so that's why I told the kids to. Uh, that's why the kids, the kids cleaned things up. And she looks around and goes, "I see," because <laughs> there's like dishes piled up out the sink, and <laughs> there's you know stuff lying about everywhere. Like it's not tidy at all. No. Um, and it, it kind of shows you how like unobservant like Wayne is that he's because he says it as if they did it, as if I told them to do it, so it's done. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, look, look with your <laughs> eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you've just made extra work for her. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that felt really natural to me because this is exactly the sort of thing that would piss off like the mother in the house if she's expected to be doing all this stuff and like everything's in chaos because he's not helping. Yeah, you know, when watching this one now, um, when when i think it's amy that says mom and dad had a fight and then like nick looks over like when's mom coming home or something like that i'm like oh is there like a a a fight i don't remember like the the parents being like threatened for divorce or something Mm. or kids being afraid of that of separation um but like yeah she's like oh yeah mom and dad got in a fight so she stayed at her mom's house last night and um and then when you see her when you see diane she doesn't like come off as mad about anything and she really should be mad about a lot of stuff. It kind of comes off like she's already <laughs> over what the fight was and she's wanting to like reconcile the next day. And then obviously once the kids are in trouble, it's like, oh, well, everything else is not important now because the kids are in danger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, to be fair, like, I, I do, I, I like the kind of, because, you know, Wayne gets mad when, when he's, when he's talk, when his presentation doesn't go very well and he smashes mm-hmm. up the machine after. He's like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to get my old job back. I'm, go- you know, we're going to like fix the household. Like, like you know, like he is very kind of like. I realize me working on this dream project has completely like ruined the house, and you've been through hell because of it. And that's my bad. And I'm, I'm quitting now. Obviously, the irony being that he needs to fix it now because <laughs> the kids are in trouble. But yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's true. I guess I just was expecting like um a bit more <laughs> antagonism between the two, the two parents. Um because of the setup in the beginning but that's really not the case like they're over pretty quickly and the, the kids maybe just have a different perspective because they're kids and um i don't know it was i actually really like the mom in the movie though like uh sometimes i think she should be a lot more upset than she is but also like it is really nice that she's super grounded because wayne is kind of insane he's the opposite and, yeah like, so goofy you know yeah because she comes home after looking for the kids at the mall and she comes in and wayne's since discovered that they've shrunk and he's got these like headlights on his helmet and mm-hmm. she, she comes in and says you know where are the kids and she's just seen the police car outside next door because they've called the police for their kids and she gets really worried she comes in and she's like i'm looking for the kids and she's like we're in a coal mine and he's like no in the backyard they're in the backyard and she gets all excited and he's like but there's something I need to tell you. Here's the, here's the couch. And he shows her the couch that's shrunk. He's like, uh, and she's like, oh, this is great. Your machine works. Yeah, it's great. But there's some bad news too. What's that? I shrunk the kids. And she's like, what? <laughs> They're in the backyard somewhere. What? And I love the way she just sort of keeps getting louder with the watts as he's yeah. saying more and more. Uh, I, I, I do love the, the police say, you know, did you report some missing children? Because Diane at this point has phoned the police. And he's like, oh, there must be some mistake. Ours are in the backyard. <laughs> and then Diane just faints behind him. 
the the cops have a pretty small part in this but i actually do enjoy their interaction as well i think they're also they fit the, the tone in the movie really well you know they're yeah. not like stereotype cops or anything that we get a lot now they're just very um you know uh, reported missing kids like they're probably just out partying and not telling their parents yeah the usual stuff i mean nicky's a bit young for that type of malarkey <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's true uh no i, I love all the sort of glimpses because you know you see he makes like this counterweight with the tv so he can like swing above the yard without mm-hmm. you know touching it and he's sort of looking for the kids and so on and so on uh, i love all the, the moments where he gets caught like you know when he's climbing back on the fence because he realizes he shouldn't walk on the grass so he's like sort of trying to like climb out along the fence uh mm-hmm. like, like he's like on a jungle gym or something and he, like, the, the neighbors are just staring at him later on lucy from twin peaks like sees him floating a little bit and goes there's a man over there flying <laughs> and just like there's a lot of just weird stuff that people sort of shrug and go oh he's a bit weird there's weird stuff going on <laughs> over there right uh, where I, like i'm like the Zelinskis, where i would look over at the, at yeah. the campers and the fishing rods and be like that's a weird family <laughs> yeah well he does come off a bit manic though when the the couple come over for the keys to the house or whatever it is or the paperwork and he's like mm-hmm. get off the grass as he's climbing on the the clothesline yeah <laughs> And instead of telling them anything resembling the truth, he just goes, uh, do you know, the, the lawn's very delicate. You have to, you know, take care of it. Oh, yeah. Everyone keeps commenting on how their lawn is, like, super overgrown and stuff. It looks it looks fine. Yeah, it didn't look overgrown to me either. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one point, there's a, there's, a, there's a plot point later where after a bit of an adventure, when they've been flying on the bee, uh, Nicky says, how do you know we're still in our, like, my yard? And he goes, well, because any other lawn would be would be uh, shorter. shorter and i'm yeah. like it doesn't feel that long like when you see it uh, yeah, that, really. yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um it looks fine yeah maybe maybe they wanted it to be longer but they just it hadn't it hadn't grown enough by the time they started shooting so they just had to keep it consistent at that point maybe the 80s people just like half inch that's how long <laughs> a blade of grass should be in your lawn <laughs> It's a lot more strict back then. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a minor quibble, but it is definitely something that you know popped in my head uh, mm-hmm. a couple times. Uh, and then, of course, you have the adventure itself with the kids, and you know, thinking they can get there by dark, and then that because you know they end up having to spend the night, like you know, in a, a Lego piece, and uh, all the various little set pieces that happen along the way, uh, such as the the river, which is probably just dog piss uh, <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sprinklers, which come down like meteors, like hitting them, so they have to run and hide from that. Um, they have the fact that the dog can hear them because the dog has better hearing than the humans is an interesting mm-hmm. little thing. Although the cat from the next door gets in the way of that uh, rescue attempt. Dang kitties. Yeah, uh, I was still on the cat side. I was like, yeah, scare the dog. Oh come on, your cats would eat you if you shrank. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> snackums. <laughs> um so yeah um so you have that you have the set piece where they find the big cookie uh which i always thought looked great as a kid like i always like yeah i want to just put my hand in the the big cream bit just want to roll around in an oreo (laughs) yeah (laughs) like this this looks great um and obviously they're starving by that point so yeah they they definitely want that but a lot of the banter between them is quite good though because when they get separated into the two like different pairs so it's it's you know it's amy with ron and it's uh uh, Russ with Nikki after the bee mm-hmm. thing where they get they fly around in the bee and you know she ends up falling for Russ because he keeps jumping in to save her or Nikki you know he keeps being a hero uh, so that's why she falls for him 
but um, when they're separated, there's a, there's a moment where Ron's being this little shit. He's like, you know what? We're going to sue your family for everything you're worth. You're going to have nothing left. We're going to like take you all the way to the, you know, the jail cell. And then yeah. Amy turns... Mickey and Ron do not get along. No, they, it's established they, very early in the movie. It's great chemistry, though, because she turns around and says, uh, you know, my dad's device works, which means we're probably going to end up being really rich. And then he, he immediately goes, you know, I've always liked your family. You know, your dad's a cool guy. He's not that weird. <laughs> like, you know, just little things like that. Because... After, yeah, a little change of attitude real quick. <laughs> yeah, after the clean up a little bit and she's like washing herself in the in the water, she comes over and calls for a truce, but she's like got mud on her hands and then just sort of wipes it all over his hands and the smirk she's got on her face is she's just flicking mud on his hand uh, and singing a little song to herself is just very enjoyable. Yeah, uh, he deserves it. Oh, he does, yes. Uh, but he is the one that has the idea to uh, use the ant that they come across and use a bit of cookie to you know wrangle it and control it as a as a horse-like device <laughs> to try and get <laughs> back to the house stick, yeah. yeah for auntie it's just a baby ant yes uh and then that evil scorpion shows up and kills it man oh man that was tough i don't know about you but like i mean i i was watching the movie and i was like i think i remember that auntie dies but i can't remember how uh i i wash that scene out of my brain or something until the scorpion showed up and then it, everything came flooding back and I went oh no and then when it actually does happen it's devastating because like the the ant like it, you just fall in love with the ant you know it's it, it may look ugly but like it makes this cooing noise all the time <laughs> and it clearly has a bond with the kids it, kinda, it, got, it got me yeah it kind of protects them as well in this fight and then they all like grab some you know sticks and whatnot and fight it off and but mm -hmm. not enough to save him he gets stabbed you actually see the, the tail of the scorpion stab you see it. the hole too yeah uh so i guess because it's an ant it's fair game it doesn't have to be r-rated for this because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big it's pretty rough though yeah it's a big practical effect though so <laughs> uh yeah they've got a practical ant, but obviously they have some stop motion for the scorpion and the ant when they're fighting so you get a kind of an old school movie vibe from it which is yeah it feels kind of like watching them yeah but the but you like the ants <laughs> yeah that's, that's neat like i have a good time with it um it makes a much more pleasing sound than they do in them what's interesting is that uh, diane actually is a little concerned that uh her teenage daughter's with the teenage boy from next door like you know spending yeah. the night together and i, I actually felt like she was a bit judgmental because she sort of says it like with little rust like like i'm like wait do you think he's like trouble or something especially i don't know i kind of feel like she just knows her daughter oh uh, yeah okay <laughs> Also, you think you think it's the daughter's got a bit of a history at this point, do you? <laughs> well, I mean, she's boy crazy. She mm. knows that. You know, she's trying to she's trying to meet up with uh, with some other guy at the mall. Yeah. Who she thinks is going to ask her to the dance? I did. I did like. There's a little bit uh, halfway through where she clearly is starting to bond with Russ a little bit. So when she mm -hmm. says, "Oh, maybe we'll still get back in time for me to go to the mall," and then she pauses and goes, "Oh, to meet up with Linda." You know, she sort of like mm -hmm. swerves and makes it clear that she'd be meeting up with a girl rather than mm -hmm. the guy she was going to meet. Yeah. Uh, so hormones can't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So so they bond and like he's clearly always already had a thing for her and she's like I was too popular to notice so this has brought her down to earth literally you might say. Uh, <laughs> I don't even mean that but that was good. Well, I think is this around the time where he saves her anyway? 
It's, this is after he saves her. Happens, yeah. Right? yeah. So it's after he saves her, yeah. It's just when they're lying in the Lego piece that they have this conversation uh, yeah. about, uh, you know, having feelings and never talking to each other. It's because he thought, oh, you were too popular. You wouldn't have noticed me. And she kind of admits, yeah, you're probably so, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's okay because they kiss and the brother, little brothers make fun of them and... Uh, <laughs> I like that the little brothers are bonding now too because yeah. they definitely hated each other in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so the final thing in the morning is that just as they're fixing the machine upstairs, the the neighbor kid from somewhere else in the street who Nick, instead of mowing the lawn himself, decided to uh, convince... <laughs> well, it's not just that. He convinced this other kid that he was letting him do something cool by using the remote control lawn uh, and even said that the kid would give him like a box of cookies or something. Like, so he was getting paid from this other kid to allow him to mow his lawn. So he's yeah, a little, smart. little entrepreneur, shall we say, a uh, <laughs> little hustler. Uh, but obviously, this is before they're small. So he comes back the next morning and starts mowing the lawn with the with. The, and obviously, this is you know sucking things up. There's blades swirling around. It's like. Yeah, so obviously we get a whole chaotic moment where the, the Solinskis realize and run out and have to yell at them to stop mowing the lawn. And yeah, it's the most dangerous hurricane ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, Nick almost gets, you know, caught up in it and sucked up and they're all holding on to him. Uh, luckily, though, it's after this that the dog, uh, Quark, comes out and, uh, you know, gets them all on board. They all <laughs> cling on to him and he runs into the house up to the breakfast table. And Wayne's like, oh, the kids are smart. They're making their way here. And of course, like, Nick's already in the, the bowl of Cheerios, like, in, in the middle of the hole. So, sort of, like, going, hey, don't eat me, Dad, don't eat me. Yeah, it's the classic scene. And this is what I mean when, I'm like, this is probably, like, the darkest death that you could think of is the being eaten by your own father. <laughs> yeah, you would think, knowing the situation, he would be checking his food before he starts eating it, just in case. Yeah. Just in case, because they're that small, they might have snuck in. Mm-hmm. Um... You don't know what, what journey they've been on, but of course, uh, a Quark pulls at his leg and it's enough to make him notice something and he gets the magnifying glass out and uh, happy days. So they get the neighbours over who are, are, of course, already pissed that they found out about all the shrinking business, uh, which is actually a sweet moment when it happens because they're because both Diane and Wayne are on the the swing thing that he's, that he's concocted to, to search the, the garden. And she notices them looking stressed, and she's like, "We should tell them. Like, we have to tell them. Like, we can't just keep it from them." So it's it's, it's a moment of genuine concern and sympathy, rather than oh, they find yeah. out because they stumble onto it, and like it's a moment of conflict. Mm-hmm. So you know, no, I nice. agree. And like, you know, the wives and the mothers they have this understanding right away, and they believe and are concerned. But of course, the big rush is. Um, appalled that they even that they would try to trick them into thinking that their kids were actually shrunk (laughs) yeah so obviously they're testing it on fruit and whatever and it's not working still uh and the kids you know have to mime what happened and how it worked the first time and somehow figuring out the baseball came in and hit a switch like gives way in the idea um, what I thought was strange is that Russ is like, no, nah, test it on me first before you aim at the kids. You're not, like, risking the kids. But I thought, wait a minute. Test it on food first. Yeah, you've not tested it on a non-living thing first. Like, <laughs> like test it on a non-living thing. Once that's successful, then you can test it on Big Russ to make sure it works on a human. He he realizes his mistake about a nanosecond before, <laughs> before he, he gets shrunk. Yeah. Uh, but it works, of course, and... 
you know, uh, Joyce is like, oh, you're so brave, and she's looking down at him when he's tiny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's the that's the. It's always, always happy enough. They all get you know raised to normal size again. And they're hugging each other. And... Well, maybe not big rest because his hat doesn't fit quite right. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, the, you got little Russ looking over at Amy as they're hugging their parents, and it's like, ah, okay, everyone's happy, and the big Russ put, puts out his hand to shake Wayne's hand, and that's kind of your your proper ending. You know, obviously, there's a little epilogue scene, but that's your your end of your story where everyone's grown and come together as a happy, happy family. Um, with the joke ending being, and this is kind of, I guess, the the hint that they built upon for the second movie is that if we can shrink things, then can you make things bigger too? And that's what they've done. At, uh, I think it's Thanksgiving. They're having dinner together, uh, both families. The, yeah, the turkey is like the size of the table. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, a regular sized turkey would have fed all of you. It's not, <laughs> you didn't really need to do this. This is just for show. Yeah. Well, what if everybody wants the same cut of meat? Yeah. And um, you've got, uh, you know, the teenagers are, you know, with their feet under the table and looking at each mm-hmm. other all, all lovey dovey. Uh, and Quark's got a giant dog bone that they've given mm-hmm. him. How sweet is that? Uh, and I love the effect of the practical effect also of when they grab onto Quark and like the the dog hair is all like thick yeah. and kind of like wire like. I, I I like that effect too. That also was a, a memory that was triggered from watching this again. Was just the way that the dog fur looked when it was up close. Yeah, we don't even talk about them running away from the broom, actually. You know, before they go out to the, the back of the garden, uh, and they all grab mm-hmm. onto the broom. I guess and it's that, kind of similar Yeah, it's similar, yeah. It's just all these straight, you know, threads, because that's how small they are. <laughs> and uh, the slide of the uh, of the pan, when they're sliding into yeah. it, and all the du- the giant dust bunnies that are covering them, and nails and stuff. Oh, yeah, it definitely <laughs> looked disgusting. Like, I was definitely, you know, being triggered. With, oh, oh, the shower I'd have after this experience would be immense and thorough. <laughs> <laughs> sure probably burn those clothes while I'm at it uh, I mean the clothes are all wrecked by the time they get back anyway they're all ripped and torn and oh, yeah, everything's going in the trash yeah so that's what it is uh, the final moment though is uh, so back when he when little Russ gave Amy mouth to mouth when she drowned a little bit uh, afterwards Nick says "How? where did you learn to do that and Russ goes oh French class kid and he's like French class he doesn't quite get it and it's at the very end of the movie, it does that, that cl- it's almost a trope, actually. It's, you know, someone finally gets a joke right at the last second, and he just goes, wait, now I get it, French class, ha! And then it goes to credits. Yep. That's bleep, the bleep, bleep, that's all, folks. Yeah. Yeah, you actually get the circle, yeah, the, 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 the black <laughs> the circle. Tunes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's, it's delightful. Uh, um, Super fun. Yeah, like, everything about it works. It's it's almost, like... It's almost a shame they went straight to doing the big kid for the second movie. I get why they did it, but, like, you could just put, like, small, the shrunk people in different locations and it would be a completely different movie just based on the things yeah. that they would encounter. Is that what the TV show is about? No, the TV shows like, they get shrunk in the first episode and the movie's already happened, but... The the TV show is just like different wacky inventions and stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a comedy sci fi mm-hmm. show basically. Okay, I can see that working too. Just like a Zelensky family. Yeah, I'm pretty inventions. sure I, I remember there was a two part with the time travel. So yeah, it, it goes, it goes wacky. You know. All right, I'm sure that's fun. Yep, still really enjoyed it. I don't know 
what to say without a co-host. Are you panicking? <laughs> it sounds like you're panicking. <laughs> I just sort of uh, went blank there. Don't know what to say. Oh, you know, Garris was clawing at the door. I had to. Yeah. Take I'm care sure of business. Do it again. Kitty cats. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. That's super fun time. Obviously, there's not as much to analyze necessarily, but th there is little things here or there. Obviously, you've got the 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 Selinsky's bonding over the course of the movie. You've got the rivalry between Russ and Wayne. Although it's not really a rivalry on Wayne's side; it's just Russ <laughs> who doesn't like Wayne. I mean, <laughs> at the start of the movie, he's like, "It's Saturday. He should let us sleep in all this banging. I'm going to break his arm." Like you know, he's like super uh, aggressive and stuff. Yeah. Um, but and he, then he immediately goes and yells at the kids for sleeping in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the hypocrisy, you might say. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, that's one of the funny jokes, actually, is when they go to tell Amy about the ball going in the window, um, Little Russ says, don't worry, he'll pay for it, it'll come out of his allowance. And you go, it's not coming out of my allowance. And then Little Russ goes, oh, I guess Dad'll pay for it then. And then, then Ron just goes, it'll come out of my allowance. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be afraid of Russ if he was my dad. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got... so intense. I mean, maybe not now because he knows what happened, but like, I suspect if it was their fault they missed the fishing trip, that that $80 deposit would be coming straight out of their allowance. Yeah. As a, as a lesson. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, I like the bonding that happens. Like, all the relationships get mended. Everybody's happily ever after at the end. You know, the husband and wives are cool with each other. The neighbors are cool with each other the kids are all have this bond yeah, the, and even a relationship has grown out of it and it's very sweet you know and obviously feel good, feel good movie some of the pairs of kids have more of a bond obviously amy and russ have the the biggest bond perhaps but mm -hmm. you know amy's got a lot with ron as well uh you know russ saves nikki once or twice and looks after him so they've got a little bit of something and the two the two younger brothers like they both kind of don't hate each other by the end so they, like every combination of the pairs all have growth yeah and if, it feels it feels more like like it was uh deserved also from watching the movie you know yeah feels uh, like it was earned yeah and it's not like super huge growth it's not like i think this movie doesn't work if like their beef with each other is like more severe at the start i think because it's just typical ah it's just dumb kid stuff and like dumb you know my neighbor's noisy i think he's weird you know it's all low mm -hmm. stakes and i think that's why it all works because i think if it was all oh like that neighbor like stole my first wife or something like it wouldn't you know it wouldn't work no, they're all just like yeah. you know suburban families that just are very different from each other yeah a typical also i guess when you have neighbors that are just peering in like trying to see what's going on and they don't mm. understand it therefore it's wrong <laughs> yeah i guess what i'm trying to say is a bunch of first world problems that they're all yeah. having and then you know yeah. it all gets sorted out by the end so uh yeah very fun very cool movie uh, the I also really enjoyed watching the animated um, opening credits. You kind of brought it up earlier, but um, is I guess this was just more of a thing before because this one in Christmas Vacation and like Pink Panther stand out to me as mm. far as like this comedic um, little animated short that's going on while the credits are happening. Uh, I suppose it just kind of went away for some reason very quickly after I this. Mean... Maybe it's a bit left over from like the early 60s and 50s where the opening well, credits I, would just have everything. I was going to say, like, the, the three examples you gave, including this one, were very spread out there. That was the 60s, the 80s, and... Well, this is still the 80s, but it's almost the 90s, you know? So mm -hmm. it's a very spread out set of examples. So 
Um, I guess maybe it was just like a, not a constant thing, but yeah, it was frequent enough, whereas like nowadays, yeah, like you don't really get like the cartoon opening that sort of like does like a joke version of the plot or maybe gives you like a tease of what the plot's going to be with, with mm-hmm. its opening. Um, yeah, you're, no, you're right. It's not really done anymore. It was kind of nice seeing it again after all this time. Yeah. Uh, and then freaking out because this is the first time I've watched the movie. And this is the thing. I've known who Stuart Gordon and Brian Usner are since I was a teenager. So it maybe gives you a hint of how long it's been since I watched this. I was probably, you know, maybe just only double digits the last time I watched these movies. But I saw them a lot as a kid. Uh, so the fact that I watched this now and went, wait, Stuart Gordon and Brian Usner? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, you know, that meant something to me this time. Yeah, I was just watching the credits. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but then after watching the movie, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see how this started off as a as a Gordon and Yuzna collaboration. Yeah. Uh, it does also almost when we want to see Herbert West's like version of it, where he's, he's the, the, Definitely. the delusional scientist who actually doesn't care if he gets the kids killed. <laughs> we should get like a... Like an animated series or something, you know, with mm. uh, Herbert West in it. You can make it kid like or more like a grown up kid. There might have been. What was the Mad Scientist show that was on Cartoon Network for a while? A Pinky in the Brain? No. Dexter's Lab? Kind of, yes. There you go. It'd be like a little Dexter's Laboratory, but with, uh, <laughs> with Herbert West. Maybe that's why I think it would work because that show was pretty good. I want to say there was a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids cartoon at one point. Obviously it wasn't Herbert West. It was just, you know, based on the movie, but... Oh, maybe. I want to say there was. I've got an image in my head of a cartoon, like, cover. Mm. I don't know. Weird. Um I think of it. Yeah. Maybe there was, like, a short or something that came out? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's not, like, a series, but... Uh, this movie had a short before it. I mean, not in the version that I watched, but the VHS one did. Oh, sure, yeah. Disney have been doing that for a long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think that the key thing I would take away from this, other than just the fun practical effects, which obviously give it a lot of its adventure, but I think yeah. it's just the fact that I think all the characters work. I think all four kids work, all four parents work. And that's what makes this work as a movie. Is they're totally. all likable and funny, and that's what makes it work. And I think that's what's missing from more modern attempts at movies like this. You know, take away the shrinking star. I, I feel like characters just feel a bit more bland now for whatever reason. And I mean, maybe it's just a fr- they're just too afraid to be a little cartoony with it. Because I think that's what makes this work is that Wayne's a little cartoony. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Russ is a bit tropey and has like you know archetypes, but it it works because even the housewives are you know. Yeah, to an extent, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she's a real estate agent, so she's not really a housewife, but even the wives are. Yeah. Kind of tropey. So, no, it's cool. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's Honey, uh, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, I guess we'll rate the movie out of 10. What are you giving it? Uh, I I mean, I really love the film. I'm, I'm going to give it a, an 8 out of 10. I think it's as far as kid adventure films, it doesn't really get much better. And it might it might be my favorite. This one and never any story. Never any story I'd probably put higher than this, but mm. um I think this movie is just so fun. Such an easy watch. And I think all the actors are great. So I think, and the characters are great. I think Never Ending Story is an interesting comparison because I would say Never Ending Story feels darker than this. And not just because of the oh, horse scene, right? But even just the tone of that and then Why nothing. Do you have to bring it up. <laughs> I feel like the tone of that movie, though, and the nothingness is like consuming this fantasy world. 
Like, mm-hmm. that movie feels like it's about depression. Like, it actually feels like it's hitting some hard themes, whereas I would say that the comparison... You know, I haven't watched it since I was, like, yeah. very young, so I'm sure that I would see a lot more now. So, uh, but I think the it. comparison... Like, I think this is maybe... It is fair to compare this to something like a Goonies or, or films of that ilk, because they're going for that fun kind of nostalgic-feeling vibe of the... T- you know, because... I, I I think Never Ending Story is in, it's intentionally going for something very different. Even though, yeah, mm-hmm. it's technically still a you know a kids' adventure movie, in a way. But it's a kid kid who's like depressed and like feeling struggled, and that's why he's like you know yeah. diving into a book. bullied a lot. Yeah. yeah, and his dad's not really understanding him, and yeah, you know, there's some really emotional stuff there. Whereas this movie never tries to be emotional. That's not what this is doing. This is something else. So, uh, but it's an interesting point of comparison to bring up. Um. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. I think it is, it's for what this movie sets out to do. It is a great movie. And it is full of likable, fun characters that play off each other very nicely. And um, when I watched that a second time this week, because we pushed the recording back, I thought, oh, is this going to be a bit of a chore to watch twice, like so close together? And it wasn't, honestly. It, it, no. It worked quite well. It's super easy to watch. So, no. And it's on Disney Plus. So it made it even easier. Yeah, so it's a super fun time. Uh, that is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So, yeah, I suppose we will come back and do the sequels. Yeah, in a we bit. should. In a bit. Um, Main channel? Maybe we'll the second one. That was a big theater release. We'll see. We'll see. Also, just give us your opinions in the comments uh, about should these be main episodes or, or bonus Patreon episodes, the sequels, because... Maybe the second. Hmm... That's a bit weird, though, you do the second one on regular, but then do the third one on bonus. And then the new That's one... That's how we get him, Peter. Yeah, but then the new one... <laughs> then the new one would be back to... Re- I'm not going to do the new one as a bonus movie. The new one would have to be on the, the main channel. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Anywho. <laughs> uh, and I say main channel because I'm thinking YouTube. Obviously, if you listen to the audio feed, I just mean the audio feed. Uh, so, there you go. And uh, next time, uh, we have another vote winner, because oh, this one got delayed a bit. So, uh, we're doing this one's vote winner, which is Flash Garden, which neither of us have never seen. Uh, so, yeah. Nope, we'll, not we'll seen see. it. We'll see how that is. Uh, I expect cheese, of course. I expect a lot of Queen songs, but other than that, I really don't know anything about it. So, I'm expecting uh, Zardoz, but with Queen. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that that happens uh zardo's got quite boring after some wacky shit at the start so yeah it was super promising yeah so we'll see how flash garden it, it, shapes it does up. come back at the end though a little bit it comes back a little bit but the, the opening like 15 20 minutes are really funny like perfect and perfect great film. yeah and then it just kind of gets dull and it's like a bad star trek episode where like he's in like this community on a planet somewhere you know uh, <laughs> right I mean, it's not actually on a different planet, but I just mean, like, in a Star Trek episode, that's it what it would be. It feels like a Star Trek thing, yeah. yeah. I'm sure we talked about it. Uh, but, yeah. So, Flash Gardens, uh, the next episode, so look forward to that. Um, uh, in about a week. Maybe less than a week's time. It kind of depends, because uh, we did this one kind of late, so the next one may be a little bit quicker. Uh, but we're squeezing in the Patreon bonus episode before it, so we'll see. <laughs> but uh, look, look out for that. Um, yeah, so I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month so thank you very much to Tyler Hess Cindy Palacios David Sharp Bordeaux Christopher Moy David Brown Al Traisman and Alison M Fordyce but of course you can get other things at Patreon can't you Tara that's right Peter if you guys enjoy our reviews please check out our Patreon page patreon.com slash mildfuzz tv where you can find our reviews of possibly 
the sequels to this film, plus uh, Zardos, I think, was on there. Maybe not. Maybe that was main channel. And uh, you can see our reviews of... We did some Stuart Gordon stuff, right? Robot Jocks was on there. Uh, we did Robot Jocks. Yes. Yeah. I think that was Stuart Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, that was Stuart Gordon. Okay. Yeah. I, we did it specifically because I had just watched Reanimator for the first time, and I said, I want to watch more of this guy's work. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and what about the other uh, bonus monthly show? Uh, we also do a new show where we just sort of talk about what we've been watching for that's not sci-fi related. Um, and uh, yeah, get to get to know us a little bit better, I guess. <laughs> uh, there, there might be some trivia involved, some story time. And that show is called Ace Meltdown. And it's over on Patreon at the $5 tier. That is correct. I was worried you weren't yeah. going to get the title. Get to the title. I thought you didn't say the title, Tara. You were kind of putting it off. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're actually, what we're going to do is uh, the first episode went up this month. When episode two goes up in Patreon, we're going to put out the first episode for free for everyone on YouTube. Uh, so you can check out what it's like. You can get a taste. See if you like it. But uh, it will be exclusive to the $5 tier on Patreon, uh, episode two onwards. Or if you want the first web one now, it's there and mm -hmm. ready to watch. Or listen to. You get the audio version too. Uh, so, yeah, uh, go check out uh, all that stuff. You also hit the super thanks button on YouTube. You can like, share, uh, comment. I was going to say describe there, not describe. I mean, you can describe <laughs> if you want. Uh, describe uh, how we did. Yes. Um, and of course, uh, all, all the other usual buttons I tell you to click. Uh, it does help it a lot. And hit, hit the, uh, the, the bell next to the subscribe button if you want the notifications on Mail Fuzz Movies, if you want uh, to always be notified when a new review or episode of this or screams goes up uh but please do uh, and uh maybe speaking of screams i don't know if you want to mention it or not but we did say that we were going to do nope next but that's going to be on screams now oh, you know what we pushed this back that i'd forgotten that was even something we may have to explain <laughs> yeah so if anybody was looking forward to nope it is coming but it'll be on the screams channel well it's not a different channel yes but it's going to be on screams yeah yeah scream show yeah uh so check that out yeah, so that'll be coming up in a couple of months' time on screens. So, yeah, I look forward to that then. Uh, but that is the show. That is the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction movies. And computer at Salsa.